Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of the Rise and Shine podcast is presented by Bigelow Tea. The number one tea in America. Choose your perfect flavor from over 150 varieties like Earl Grey and green tea. Available at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or wherever you find your tea. Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. Episode 195 of the Rise and Shine podcast presented by our friends over at Bigelow Tea. And the featured guest this week, he is absolutely outstanding. We had him on the podcast once before. It was an episode that... You guys absolutely loved. And this will be strictly how he picks the Super Bowl right before every single season. Three guarantees in life, death taxes, and Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football nails the Super Bowl. I've known Peter forever. We got into our history, and he used to call me when I was doing overnights when I first started at WFAN Radio in the early 2000s. He has become a rock star on NFL Network and, of course, Fox Sports, and he's got podcasts that you need to download and subscribe. The season with Peter Schrager, just outstanding, and he's one of our all-time favorites. Perfect guy to break down everything from the Super Bowl and uh, Kyle Shanahan's coaching and Mahomes' big picture and Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo and everything that transpired on Super Bowl Sunday. Peter Schrager, featured guest on the Rise and Shine podcast presented by Bigelow T. Well, the Super Bowl is in the books and Bob Stew got it right and I got it wrong. And that's part of the genius, right? You know, of the run for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sometimes in sports, in sports radio, sports TV, sports podcasts, you make a prediction and then you say, man, what a moron I was. I, I don't regret the pick at all. I mean, I, I picked against the Chiefs the last three times they played, by the way. They were the underdog in all three of those games. I like Buffalo, piping hot Bills team with Josh Allen. I like the Ravens with the MVP, Lamar Jackson. I like Baltimore with the best defense of the NFL all year long. I like the San Francisco 49ers. Again, favored. Again, a lot of great players on the San Francisco 49ers. And that made this run for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. They heard Patrick say it after the game. The most special because it was the most improbable of them all. I mean, is a team that lost to the Raiders on Christmas Day. And the Jordan Love loss. And the loss to Philly on Monday Night Football. And MVS dropped the touchdown. And the Broncos lost. So, this was sweet. What a credit to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo and Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey and company. And I'll tell you, there's really nothing quite like Super Bowl Sunday. And I know a lot of people have their own habits in terms of how they view the Super Bowl. Look, when it comes to regular season, I like to be alone. 
I like to watch the Red Zone, especially during the witching hour. Uh, when I say alone, I'm talking about with my family, right? And Theo, as you know, is all fired up, and he's obsessed. And, you know, we watch the, the 4 o'clock Eastern Time games as well. Usually you try to zone in on one of the big ones, then flip to the to the Red Zone, obviously, Sunday Night Football. And, of course, you know, you got Monday Night Football with Buck and Aikman, best in the business, and Thursday Night Football. I don't mind. In fact, I like the Super Bowl party. We always go to my buddy Dave's house, and, you know, it's, it's the art of hosting, right? Great food, great barbecue, served right before the game, so you have your plate before the game starts, so you're sitting down, three different places to watch the game, and, you know, oftentimes you feel like it, it gravitates toward, you have, you know, you have the men wa- wa- watching one place, and the women watching another place, and the kids are another place, and they're outside playing football and and you can see the tv which is huge and you're watching with people who who know not to talk too much and everyone's locked into the game and you could hear the audio and i like a super bowl party i I generally do we always had you know my friends over growing up i i like that so the food is always great the ambiance is always great the people great friends of mine always there people who love love football are there It, it really is the ultimate perfect Super Bowl party. Everyone is quiet and watching the halftime together, which is which is awesome. Bob, where do you stand when it comes to the Super Bowl party for Super Bowl Sunday? So I'm definitely pro Super Bowl party, Adam. I actually had been to a Super Bowl party, or I you know hosted a Super Bowl party. I'd say every year since I can remember. I'm trying to remember the first Super Bowl I really remember. I guess it was like Niners-Bengals back in the 90s, right? That was probably the first one that I really remember. And I ha- I've been to a party or host a party every single year, except for this year, Adam. This was the first year I didn't go to a Super Bowl party and I didn't host anybody. And I got to tell you, it was a little bit weird. It yeah. was weird watching the Super Bowl alone because everybody went to sleep after halftime. My <laughs> wife's family was over. My wife was here. My kids Everybody went to sleep. The first half was a snooze fest, Adam. But the second half, I'm actually glad I kind of watched it alone this year because the game was so friggin' intense and it was so good. I could sit there dissecting every single play, especially because you mentioned it. When I go to a Super Bowl party, I talk a lot. And I know that you just said you don't like people that talk. I'm one of those people who talks a lot during a game. So it was really nice to not be talking this year and distracting myself while the game was going on. So I'm 100% pro Super Bowl party. Like I said, I've been to so many of them and they're all incredible. It wasn't the worst thing ever to watch the game by myself this year. I was able to focus. I was able I was able to like truly enjoy it as opposed to after a Super Bowl party. I don't know if you find this, Adam. You have to kind of go home and rewatch a lot of the key plays, rewatch the highlights a little bit, because sometimes it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. You're grabbing a wing, you're talking to somebody, you miss a big play here. So it can happen, right? It can happen. So See, that's the beauty of my buddy Dave's party. Yeah. I never feel like I miss anything. That's because, good. And we're sitting there, and it's, it's a bunch of people that I like, 
and everyone knows football and everyone's talking about the game. There's no extraneous, you know, hey, what, what time are you going to, you know, get to the train on Wednesday? No, no, there's <laughs> none, of, none, none of that BS. It's, no. it's football-related conversation. Everyone has bets in. You know, people are talking about the squares. People yep. are talking about, you know, the ebb and flow of the game. It's awesome. I I have never once left his party where I've said I need to go rewatch. I mean, look, you know me. The audience knows me. If I felt like I was going to a, I would never go anywhere where I felt like I couldn't watch a game. Simple as that. I mean, yeah. the Super Bowl is my Super Bowl, right? You know, I when it comes to watching a sporting event, if I if I can't watch, I can't go. It's as simple as yeah. that. So this is the perfect blend. I don't have to rewind. I don't have to rewatch. I can hear the commentary. I thought Romo had an unbelievable game, and especially the first four quarters, and his fourth quarter was awesome. I know you love Tony like I love Tony. So I am pro Super Bowl party, but it's got to be the right Super Bowl party. We have it. It's great. I I love the food. I love the barbecue. Wings were unbelievable. Brisket outstanding. Mac and cheese, which is great. I mean, there's nothing to me quite like the Super Bowl party celebration for me of not having, you know, working on Sundays anymore until the upcoming football season. So that's great stuff. And Bob, I got to tell you, you know, part of the whole Super Bowl party and Super Bowl experience, the halftime show, the commercials, and I really thought that Usher killed it. I thought Usher was outstanding. I love when Ludacris came on with him and Alicia Keys. I thought that was awesome. And my favorite commercial was Dunking's. I thought it was amazing (laughs) with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And, you know, Good Will Hunting is my all-time favorite movie, (laughs) non-sports variety. And I I love uh, J-Lo and and, uh, Tom Brady was great. So I thought Usher was outstanding. And Dunking's was my absolute favorite commercial. Yeah, I thought the Dunkings commercial was great, Adam. It's just the Matt Damon's comedic timing that it was pretty exceptional. I mean, Tommy touchdown on the keys was great. And but the fact is also Ben Affleck, it wasn't just like, oh, they hired him for the commercial. The man is seen in public with a cup of Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee all the time, right? So yep. this it, I didn't feel like it was a forced, oh, they just hired an actor to do this. He really is the Dunking. Like he he just is. You always see him with a cup of an iced coffee adam and ice cold dunkin donuts coffee i love the ice coffee you know that he is the king of the dunkin ice coffee so it wasn't a forced commercial i like the christopher walken commercial people doing impressions of him yeah yeah you gotta puck the car like i thought all of it was pretty good so (laughs) that was funny schwarzenegger is you know is one of my all-time favorites i thought he was great I thought a lot of the commercials were hits. They they did a pretty good job, and I liked Usher. I thought the fast-paced nature of the halftime is perfect for that, right? Especially when an artist, Usher, a lot of those songs, Adam, were like 20 years old. Like, I remember these songs when I was in high school, so it's important to remind the audience how many great songs he has. Play a whole bunch of them quickly. Don't play a full every single full song, right? That's where I think a lot of these artists make made mistakes, People want to hear the whole catalog. It was like a greatest hit show. It was great. And he played his best song, yeah. He played it in full last, so that was perfect. That's why I thought the halftime show was great. I think people who didn't like it, they just probably don't like Usher. I hate the people that get in and, you know, start getting mad online on the halftime show. I thought Usher was great. I mean, a couple of years ago, the one in L.A. was was incredible with all the different artists with, you know, Eminem and Snoop Dogg. I mean, that that was an all timer for me. Prince was an all timer for me. 
Bruno Mars was an all-timer for me. That was great. And, you know, getting Maroon 5 involved. And I love when the artists bring on somebody else. Katy Perry was outstanding. Left Shark. I mean, who could forget about <laughs> that? And, and these commercials were, were awesome. The Aubrey Plaza one, the Mountain Dew, that was a, a great one as well. But the Dunkings, that, that was absolute perfection. So is Peter Schrager. And he is the featured guest on the Rise and Shine podcast presented by Bigelow. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Not all tea bags are created equally, and the Bigelow difference is in the details, because tea is all they do. The 100% family-owned Bigelow tea is now the number one tea in America, producing over 2 billion bags in the United States each year. Whether hot or ice, Bigelow tea takes pride in crafting the best cup of tea possible. From the hand-picked teas to the carefully selected ingredients, all protected in a foil pouch. They've created over 150 healthy and delicious varieties to meet all your needs. From mint medley to lemon ginger plus probiotics to their original constant comments. Don't settle for mediocre. Bigelow ensures you get the absolute perfect cup of tea every single time. Have your favorite flavor by your side as you cheer on your team this season. When I'm watching sports, I always have a cup or two or three of Bigelow tea. I'm obsessed with the I Love Lemon, the orange and spice. And at night, I love watching sports and having a blackberry citrus herbal tea. Plus zinc. It's unbelievable. In the morning as you download the Rise and Shine podcast, have the classic Bigelow green tea. It is absolutely delicious. Find your favorite flavor at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or anywhere you find tea. Bigelow Tea. Do what I do. Grab a mug.
Team Proudly. Feature guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast presented by Bigelow T. It's a man who needs no introduction, but the fine folks at NFL Network insist that I give him one. He is a host over at Good Morning Football. The insider on, of course, the NFL on Fox. The podcast this season is absolutely incredible. I cannot get enough. And he's an all-around great guy. We had him on the podcast once before. It was a top 10 downloaded Rise and Shine podcast. You learn so much about Peter as a student at Emory. You learn so much when he used to call me overnights on WFAN. And now you know all of that when you see him on all his different gigs. He is an absolute rock star. My longtime dear friend, the great Peter Schrager. Peter, how are you? The amazing Adam Shine, late nights WFAN. I would call in asking about if the Yankees were going to get John Vanderwall or if the Knicks <laughs> were going to somehow get Damon Stoudemire and that lefty mighty mouse point guard that we always wanted. And, to, and you would field my calls. I was in college, right out of college, just looking for something uh, to grasp onto. And you were... You were the man, and you were always so great to me. And then eventually, if the listeners don't know, we'd work together on FoxSports.com, some of my greatest, most happiest. It was easy. Life was simpler then, wasn't it? Simple. Very simple. Feels like a lifetime ago, and it kind of was in a lot of different ways. We were doing video at Media 3, a, a television production oh studio. Remember God. that? I used to have a oh, recording what, session what their for names? an hour. Sal. Sal was great. Ari was the girl. And Nicole. And Nicole, they were wonderful. They were great. They were the big three. We used to go there. I used to go from six to seven. You used to have a recording session for what you did from like seven to eight. We would overlap. Yep. We would talk for a bit. I mean, it was it was fantastic. Those shine videos you did at FoxSports.com with the flying cats and the lasers, some of the most creative stuff. And it was on FoxSports.com. And I wanted to ask you because... I've got this like, you know, correct Super Bowl streak going and everyone was talking and buzzing about it. And I was thinking, does this erase my teardown of Russell Wilson in the 2013 draft and me saying it's the worst pick of all time? And you uh, not as aggressively, but also nodding along and people bring up the clip every draft that we hated the Russell Wilson pick. Does that and it doesn't. No, people still bring up that pick every single time. I think it erases it. And, you know, I, I, I loved Russ. I did. I loved him in that draft. I, I loved him. You know, my grade, I had issues with them earlier in that draft. John Schneider still to this day reminds me of it. Because they took Bruce Irvin, right, in the first I round. hated like, Bruce Irvin. I hated Bruce Irvin. It made no sense to me. I love, I love Russell Wilson. I love Bobby Wagner. But, Robert you know, Turbin. listen. Robert Oh, man. You know, and, and Turbin and I, we, we worked together, did some shows at CBS. He still funny reminds me of that. I'm at the commissioner's party on Friday night. Big name drop there. I go to the commissioner's party in Vegas. Right. Very important. Got the suit on, got the tie on. Down about five pounds from earlier in the season, feeling good about myself. And there I see Russ from across the room. And all I could think about is this guy has to know that I said he was one of the dumbest draft picks they ever made. They already have Matt Flynn. They already have the late Tavares Jackson. He's got to know it. He knows he lock eyes, comes over, brings me in. Adam, you couldn't write this. He goes, thanks for always having my back, man. I so appreciate you. I'm like, yeah. I love you, Russ. Russ. You're my guy, Russ. Start, Russ. Oh, man, that that video circulates, you know, our friends over at uh, Freezing Cold Takes, they they absolutely love it. I mean, listen, you know, if if, like I always say, if they're not if they're not getting on you for something, it means you're not relevant. So, and and by the way, 
Yeah, go on. Let's go let's, ahead. Let's go, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Peter. Go draft ahead. grades. Draft grades. Everyone else, you could. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Draft grades. Of we course. know it. The day after, we don't know. But everyone gives B, B plus, yeah, A minus, yeah. I, I was twenty five years old. I had some balls. I'm like, I'm giving that draft class a D. It goes on to be one of the greatest draft classes of all time. But you know what? I went for it. I swung. You swung just like you do every year now on Good Morning Football. And there are three guarantees in life, death, taxes, and Peter Schrager is going to predict the Super Bowl. I mean, Ed, that's it. I mean, people ask, you know, is, there a, is the NFL scripted? I said, look, Schrager has a script, and he's only allowed to reveal the ending, not allowed to reveal anything else. So, yeah. of course, it's, it's scripted. So, a couple of things. Number one, congrats. Number two, yeah. how the hell do you do it? And number three, the process of waiting until right before kickoff i mean it's genius on every level take us through the entire process of nailing the super bowl every year do you know who anyone else picked to win the super bowl this year no they're just fleeting they're just everyone makes a super bowl pick and it goes i remember peter king i used to always follow because it was always a big reveal and that was like a a big deal in his monday morning quarterback column but a couple years back right before kickoff uh, for one of the, you know, week one Thursday night things, I, I was sitting at home on my couch and I'm like 30 minutes before kickoff, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to pin it as my pin tweet on Twitter. And it just became a tradition that I would do. Now we went back in the files. It's not five straight years that I predicted the Super Bowl winner. What it is, is I've had five straight years of predicting at least one of the two teams or a correct matchup in the Super Bowl. But I have had the last three winners. I had the Rams. I had the Chiefs last year and I had the Chiefs this year. The year before that, I had the Chiefs beating the Bucks. The Bucks actually beat the Chiefs, so I can't take credit for that one. In the year before that, I, I had maybe the the Chiefs beat, beating somebody or losing someone. It was like whatever. So I wanted to fine, but here's what it is. It's just my only pinned tweets ever in my life. It's on Twitter. It's on X, and I just leave it up there, and I don't talk smack. I don't raise attention to it. But I just have it up there. And the truth of the matter is, Adam, I predicted. The Chiefs to beat the 49ers back on September 7th, and I pinned the tweet, and it was the whole thing, and it got real ugly at times. And throughout the season, I would have people from you know, Baltimore and Buffalo saying, you sure you want to change that? You sure you don't want to change that? And I'd say, no, I got to stand by it. And until you guys beat Mahomes in the playoffs, I'm not going to. Um, I like to watch how things go in August. I think August is so important. And I know I maybe got a little too high on Pittsburgh because they look so good in the preseason this year. Or you get too high on on some of these teams like Jacksonville, because you look at their schedule and the strength of schedule, but I like to get a feel for a team in August this year. I thought the 49ers were the best team in the NFC. I thought their season ended short last year. So I went with them and the chiefs for whatever reason, everyone else was picking Buffalo. Everyone else was picking Cincinnati. Everyone else was even picking, uh, you know, the chargers this year to get over the hump. I just, I, Kansas city has, has, has did not lose enough this year compared to last year where they lost Tyreek that I was going to stray from it. So I went with Kansas city and I never lost faith. I picked them throughout the playoffs in every one of those games and we got it right. And I made a lot of people, a lot of money. I can't gamble. I work for the NFL, but shit, I'll do it again next year. And I'm thinking <laughs> to do a pay-per-view event. I mean, it really should be a pay-per-view event or at least, you know, Me on my couch. I mean, that's it. You know, I, I'd pay good money to watch you send that tweet. That that's Whatever it is, what's the cost? Five bucks? Fifty bucks? Yeah. I du- do it. Double XL, Memphis Grizzlies basketball shorts, and like a, <laughs> you know, a disgusting T-shirt from some barbecue place that I went to in Austin, Texas. And I'll just make the pick. I'll just show everyone t- I'm tweeting it, and that's what it is. 
Oh, man, you're, you're the best. And I also think Patrick Mahomes is the best. And I think that yes. this run of them all was the best. And look, you're not supposed to rank your kids and you're not supposed to rank your trophies. <laughs> but I saw Patrick on NFL Network after the game, Peter. And he said, look, this is the best of them all because of what you just described, that this was the most unpredictable because there were moments. And look, the Christmas Day game. The game against Jordan Love and the Packers. The game against Russ and the Broncos. The MVS drop game against Philadelphia. Eagles. There were no moments to me during the course of the season where they looked like the AFC champ, let alone the Super Bowl champ. The Ravens had the MVP and the best defense, arguably to me, in the NFL. The Bills beat the Chiefs head-to-head -head in the regular season piping hot down the stretch of the season, finally had a better seed than Kansas City, and we get Kansas City in Mahomes' first ever road playoff game. So this wasn't Patrick Mahomes' disrespect or Chiefs' disrespect. I mean, I didn't vote. I have a vote. Patrick wasn't in my top five for MVP. He didn't finish mm -hmm. top five for MVP, and I obviously think he's a living legend. I think this was, and he was an underdog against Buffalo, rightly so, Underdog against Baltimore, rightly so. Underdog against San Francisco, rightly so. I thought this, Peter, was the best, most surprising, most rewarding of them all. 100% agree with you. Christmas Day, I was in a Delta Sky Lounge flying back, and I'm watching that game, and Aiden O'Connell can't complete a pass in the second half, and it doesn't matter because the Chiefs had nothing going on offense. Um, you go back to a few of those games that you mentioned, the Valdez-Scantling play. What I find so commendable of Mahomes, that play happens and everyone's throwing their receivers under the bus, and rightfully so, and he has their backs. And he knows, and I asked him, I did a sit-down with him for NFL Network before the Super Bowl. I brought that specifically up. I had a press conference quote from him from that game saying, yeah, you know, I just got, I've got their backs. I trust that they're going to figure it out and we'll be all right. And, you know, I, was, I support those guys because I've seen it in practice. I said, how do you have the wherewithal and the vision to know that like it's all going to work out in the end? He says, well, it's all part of it, right? Like you give those guys the positive encouragement. You do have their backs and you do see it in practice that Hardman can catch passes and Valdez Scantling can catch passes. And you know that if you need them, you're going to have Kelsey in a big spot that even if the season didn't go well, we're going to need these guys. So what's the value in throwing them under the bus? I love that. This is the different version of Mahomes. And it's a different version of the team. The, the biggest plays of the season were Lacharius Sneed knocking a ball out of Zay Flowers' hands, Chris Jones affecting a Josh Allen pass at the end of the Absolutely. game. And, and I think the biggest play of the Super Bowl was Trent McDuffie on a third and four coming off a of blitz and affecting Brock Purdy to ensure that they get the ball back and have a chance to tie it. Um, the defense led the way this year. And I think Mahomes will be the first one to say it, that, yeah, we came up when we had to and, you know, don't give me a chance in overtime. But this team was defense first, offense 1A, I would say. And, gosh, when they needed them most, defense stepped up, Spags was there. And, of course, you've got guys like Kelsey and Mahomes and, and Stone Cold Jones who have been there for all these titles, and they all played their best game in the Super Bowl. You nailed it. And, you know, I'm curious, in the actual Super Bowl, one that for their two and a half, three quarters was dominated, in my opinion, by San Francisco. And San Francisco's up by double digits. What was the moment, Peter, or the moments for you, right? Like, I'll give you an example. First drive of the mm -hmm. game, and I picked San Francisco, and I picked McCaffrey, McCaffrey for MVP. 
when when McCaffrey fumbled, I said three fumbles all year. Three fumbles all year. I said, shit, this, this is a problem. I they can still take the lead, but when yeah. when McCaffrey fumbles, he never fumbles. And that is the quote unquote weakness of the run defense. I mean, Baltimore did run against him, Buffalo did successfully. I'm like, this this is a problem. The muffed punts, I thought, was a huge moment. 10-6, hits the guy in the in the foot, live ball, McLeod can't corral it, Watson recovers, bam, Mahomes to MVS like a surgeon. Moody missing that extra point. I was like, Huge. you got to be kidding me. You referenced McDuffie. I thought Kyle could have used the timeouts at the end of the first half better and differently to score three or seven at the end. I would have run the ball with McCaffrey at the beginning of the third quarter. Three drives. I think it was one carry for McCaffrey. So those were my moments of, yo, what the hell's going on here? Take me and the audience through some of those moments when they were obviously getting outplayed. You know, what oh, yeah. were some of the turning points for you? Well, look, Kansas City wasn't flawless either. We know that we had the Pacheco fumble. But then the, to start the second half after 40 minutes to prepare, the first first play is a pitch to Pacheco, and he bobbles that, and they're, they're back 15 yards. So Kansas City was sloppy too. Uh, the punt was crazy. I, I tweeted this. I hadn't picked up as much as I thought it would, but the world, the, the, you know, is in a whirlwind with all the other stuff. But I think this is just crazy, sick stuff. And it's like God is laughing at at, at Kyle Shanahan. He's got a sick humor. Um, twenty eight. It went off his foot, and Ray Ray McLeod is number three. Oh so no! It's, tw- it's twenty eight three. Just like the Atlanta score when Kyle Jesus. was like, you can't make. You can't make this stuff up. So those type of things are happening. And I said it in real time. I was at a Super Bowl party. I wasn't at the game. First time in many years I, I wasn't sent to the Super Bowl. So I was watching it um, from my couch. And I said it to my little party. I'm like, that's 28-3, guys. That, that, that's a sign. That's something. It's 28-3. It, it, that was a nuts play. The, the blocked extra point after such a huge decision for Kyle, which I like pump my fist for him because he's got this reputation. It's like, you know what? Fourth and three. We're going for it. And they get the first down. And then they score the touchdown. And you're like, all right, here the Niners are. And then they miss the extra point. But to me, I think it all comes down to the decision to receive the punt, to receive the kick in overtime. And uh, it'll be dissected 100 ways. And there's no database of like, well, the 13 times that teams have done this, it, it was the first time we've had an overtime with the new playoff rules. But they choose to receive. They march down the field. And then on fourth and four, if you're going to receive, you're saying we're scoring a touchdown and, and we believe we can score to not go for it on fourth and four and to kick a field goal and say, hey, Mahomes, we're giving you the ball. Well, Mahomes is a killer. He's going to do what Michael Jordan does. He's going to hit that game-winning shot, drives him right downfield, and they get the job done. All right, I want to get into that with you because, first of all, no database. So my feeling and my take on Kyle taking the ball right there, and you know, we both get paid to have strong opinions. I didn't have a strong take on that exact moment. If I was Kyle, in the moment, in the moment where were you? Were you home? Were you in the skate stadium? Where were so you? So I'm, I'm, I'm at a friend's Super Bowl party, just like okay. you, where I could focus. Uh, are you doing and the same thing the I'm doing? Focus, but we're also dissecting it for everyone on the couch. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you know a yeah. bunch of dudes, a bunch of good we're friends of mine. We're calling the football. game. What's your thought when they say when Fred Warner, without a second hesitation, receive? What's your thought? I was good with it. I was okay. good with it. I was good with it. I had no issue with it because to me, and I'll tell you why, and John Lynn said this the other day, we just saw San Francisco's defense let Mahomes march down the field. So Mm -hmm. ebb and flow, I wasn't putting Patrick 
right back on the field. That was me. I also thought, now we're going to assume Mahomes is going to score a touchdown at some point. Better chance for Purdy to score a touchdown on the first drive of overtime than to okay. match it on the second. Because of Purdy's lack of experience, because of the way the game was flowing. What? what? The way the game was flowing. There were very okay. few moments in that second half, starting with that fumble, and you just referenced the 28-3, where I felt like, okay, sports gods and karma on the side. The analytics were neutral on it. I just know with that offense and with the way I just saw the defense play seconds ago, I would have taken the ball first. We had a healthy discussion on my Super Bowl party where I was at my buddy Dave's. You're having your Super Bowl yep. party. People are having my buddy Drew's. Yeah, I mean, that's you're at Drew's house. I'm at Dave's house. My buddy Stone's like, you got to. I also didn't have a hot take on it. Like I, whatever, ha I was okay with it. It sounds like your bigger issue, not the ball and who gets it. But if you're going to take four. the ball, you got to go for the touchdown. What are we doing? You, you know, it's, it's, it's very Sean Payton, very Dan Campbell, very Parcells of like, no, we're going to dictate, we're going to do it. And that means you go for it on fourth and three, which they did. It means you go for it and you want the ball and you say, we're the offensive better team. Like, let's get the ball and do it. And they marched right down the field. They get stuffed on third down and then it's fourth and four. And if you're under the assumption that, okay, we're taking the ball first, not only are you trying to score on fourth and four, you might even go for two. You might even go for two to say, we're not losing this game, uh, you know, at all. We're going to make sure that we are at least tied in this thing. If they go, that's how aggressive I think you have to be if you're deciding to take the ball. Now, Kyle is always candid and open with reporters. He said that this was something that they discussed with their analytics guys. This is something that he decided. And then he said, based on the game, it was field goal this, field goal that. Like, I, it, you know, it wasn't one of these high scoring games. And if it was last year's Super Bowl, maybe it would have been different. Maybe we received. All good. I like that. It means that he's playing I this by the field of the game. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not just doing it by a binder, which so many Yankees, you know, managers in the past just, just you know, just do it by a binder. <laughs> Joe Girardi, what's up? Mm -hmm. um, I would say like that, that I appreciate. People are killing it. I understand. To me, it was the fourth down decision. Like, don't give Mahomes a chance. Like, you kick a field goal, great. Mahomes is going to come down here. And then if they know they only have to get three points, it's all right. But if they know that they can win the game, well, then you might be dead to rights with Mahomes. He's that good. And I didn't think it was the crime of the century. And I, 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 I would have taken the ball. I, I, I supported Kyle there. I respect I you saying that because it's easier to say the other way and say he's an idiot. You know? Yeah, no, I, I'll tell you, though, I did disagree with Kyle not running the ball in the third quarter. And at the end of the first half, Peter, I would have used the timeouts to try to get down the field and get more points on the scoreboard. Yeah, the game the game was very curiously coached. I thought Andy had some curious coaching decisions. I thought they got bailed out, the Chiefs, in a lot of ways because their punter was outstanding. Townsend was booming punts that saved them in a lot of ways from questionable third down play calls like Pacheco couldn't get going. You know, Rasheed Rice, I think, had a bunch of catches, but besides the big third and eight crosser, I don't remember him doing much. So it wasn't a, a perfectly played game, and yet it might be one of the most. But also, Adam, wasn't it kind of anticlimactic? Like it was very because of the clock ticking. Like I, there's a lot of weird things at the end of the game. This is a walk off overtime Super Bowl touchdown, and yet. When it happened in the moment, there were a lot of people at my party, and I couldn't 100% tell them whether it was the case or not, who were wondering, okay, so that's it, but would it have been it if they didn't score? That's the what everyone like, at the party I was at was wondering, yeah. 
I'm like, I think both teams get to fulfill their two first possessions, yep. which is the right answer. But I said, I think. So everyone's like, okay, well, what now? And then Hardman's getting mocked and everyone say, well, Hardman didn't even know he had won the game. I'm like, hey, anyone who thinks they understand those rules at the end there, Tony Romo, I don't think 100% knew him. I don't know if any of the international broadcasts feel like they played Fowler's call. Like, was Fowler so certain that that was, I don't know what everyone knew because these are new rules and there's a clock ticking and we're, we're under the understanding of like when a clock is ticking to zero, that means something. I, it's funny. I had the same thing. I mean, everyone was looking at me. I said, I think, but I, I couldn't. You know I was like you. I couldn't 100 percent say that was the case. I've got a I've got there, I'm at this t- at this party and there's this guy who's a little older than us. And I don't know. I'm meeting him for the first time. And and he's looking at me. He's like, you work for the NFL Network. Like, what? And I'm like, I don't have the answer. OK, <laughs> by the I way, the I don't means. think I could go to a Super Bowl party with people I didn't know. So good job by you. I yeah, I knew I, I, I knew everybody there. Everybody there. I'm I, expecting I, strangers. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone passed the smell party. test. Oh, it was yeah, it was, it was great. great. Great party. I, I I loved every single second of it. All right. Mahomes. To me, and it's not it's not hyperbole or instant reaction. He's now to me at worst, and I'd put him here, number two quarterback of all time. Third most mm. in terms of – I want to get into this with you. Third most in terms of playoff wins. Best six-year stretch to me in the history of, of the NFL at quarterback. Best start to a career at quarterback. Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's your GOAT's GOAT. Yep. You know, we want to talk Jordan, Gretzky, whoever else you want to throw at me in the four big professional That's good off-season sports. fodder. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. And, and, and Montana's Montana. And I always argue Elway and Peyton Manning at times even better in the regular season than than Tom Brady. I don't pretend that Aaron Rodgers and his four regular season MVPs, that didn't happen. But to me on eyeball test and the nuggets of domination and the feel and the stats, I have Mahomes as the second greatest of all time. Brady's still my GOAT. I think the overtime drive has already, no one's even talking about it this week. Adam, he went eight for eight in overtime and he converted a fourth and one for a first down with his legs and a third down with his legs. He did everything. And that was like the only missing piece to his legacy of like, did he have that Super Bowl drive yet? Because Brady had it against the Rams and Montana, of course, had it against the Bengals, like that big Super Bowl drive. And Mahomes has it now. But, you know, I went on your your buddy and the icon uh, had Mad Dog on my podcast. I said, I. I, I do want to make sure we're not we're not re- disrespecting what Terry Bradshaw did with four Super Bowls and no losses, or in this case, you know Otto Graham won all those big games and and the Baltimore Colts and but to me Montana winning four Super Bowls with zero losses and never throwing an interception that is a good battle for what Mahomes has done because you know what Mahomes did take an L against that Buccaneers team in that Super Bowl. And that's real to me. I think flawless 4-0 is special. I agree with you on the flawless 4-0. And Joe, to me, is always special. And, you know, he's always been sacred in terms of being number two. You know, we we talked about it in our Monday mon- monologue on, on Shine on Sports. That drive, eight for eight, longest drive of his career without any incompletions. And those wow. two runs, and remember, that 20-yarder, Pete, that that Peter, that's fourth in the Super Bowl. If they I don't know. convert the games over San Francisco wins. So to me, he's kind of Jordan-esque. I mean, when you yeah. start talking, 
that's who he is. And it's like, you know, he blocks Josh Allen. He blocks Lamar Jackson. He blocks Joe yep. Burrow. He blocks is, Kyle oh, this, Shanahan. This is Barkley, Carl Malone, Patrick yes. Ewing. This is all of them. Mark Price. This is all of them. Patrick, I mean, this is what we live for as Knicks fans. I mean, that, we, we, we couldn't get a championship because of Michael Jordan. All these fans at Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincinnati, San Francisco, they're living the same thing because of Patrick Mahomes. It is. The only little thing here is that Burrow got him one time, which is so interesting. And you look back in the history of it, like Burrow still got him in that AFC chair and they were down 21-3. Like I am a football historian and I try to keep it all in context. And it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's really fun to do the Jordan stuff. And like, did anyone ever get Jordan? Yeah. That one year in 95, the magic did beat when Jordan came back from baseball yep. and was it, it was wearing 45, the magic did beat them. And Horace Grant did get the best of his old teammates. So there is that little one there that, you know, the, and, and for Brady, he went eight years between Super Bowl championships. So Mahomes is 28. I mean, this is insane. Final one for you. I view Chris Jones as a hall of famer and one wow, of the five. I like that. Yeah. I I've made this case for a while. I, I, and I'll take you a step further. He, to me, deserves to be on the list with Mahomes, Reed, Kelsey, Kelsey, Spags. When you start putting together, and Brett Veach, obviously, too. I never want to minimize him. But when you, Chris Jones has been a top five defensive player in the NFL during this run. I mean, that deserves to be recognized. How is this going to ultimately unfold with Chris Jones this offseason? He is so beloved in that organization, even through the contract stuff. Like I talked to Veach a lot and they love Chris Jones, but they also love Tyreek and Tyreek wanted something that they couldn't provide Tyreek. And they said, we had to bid you adieu. And you know, Tyreek, they've won two without him. Chris Jones wants a big number. They worked it out for this year and he earned so much in incentives and I'm so happy for him. I saw Chris uh, Friday night in Vegas. I flew in for one night. I saw him and his two agents, the Katz brothers who are great dudes. And I talked to Chris for a while and he just, he's, he's the leader. He is the heart and soul of that defense. And this defense is fantastic. I would love to say Chris Jones should never play for another team, retire or chief, win a couple more rings, be the Charles Haley of his generation with the five rings or whatever it is, and just have all this and be in the hall of fame. Um, but it is a business. I, I wonder if there's a team that's willing to go just absolutely bonkers and blow him away with like a 25, $30 million deal to play defensive line. It would be fascinating if he would leave. I can't wait for the off season. And you know, another year where I'll pick against the chiefs and another year where Peter Schrager will nail the, nail the Super Bowl 30 minutes before they actually kick it Debating. off. I mean, you're, I, by the way, if it's pay-per-view, I'd pay the money. Peter Schrager, of <laughs> course, hosts good morning football on NFL network. Peter, you're the best. And we'll be watching You're the best all man. season. Thank you. You're so good to me, and I appreciate your friendship. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Bigelow Tea. With over 150 varieties, it's no wonder Bigelow Tea is America's number one tea. Find your favorite flavor at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or anywhere you find tea. Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. Sirius XM Podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.